This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Lullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. When it gets to that date, sometimes I realise that they don't even see me as the person I identify as. You know, I've been misgendered by somebody on a date before now, which has hurt quite a lot. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. We must always remember that the issue is with those around us or those people who are trying to single us out, who are trying to separate us. We all come with something, but at the end of the day, what we all have in common is we all are just people. Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So, without further ado, let's get into you. Are you ready to just jump in and go for it? Absolutely, yeah. Why not? (laughs) Hello. Lovely it is to have you along for the podcast that gives psychology a sexy twist and romance a healthy dose of rationale. It could only be into you. Today, you join me for part two of our chat about sexuality and gender in dating with education manager at Diversity Role Models and somebody who has personal experience of being pansexual and transgender, Kate Hutchinson. Last time, Kate spoke about some of the challenges she faced around sexuality growing up. It just threw up this constant doubts, anxiety, confusion all the time about sometimes questioning if there was something wrong with me because I liked different types of people. And shared the things that can still sometimes play on her mind in certain situations to this day. I'm going to be very conscious about what people might be thinking or might look at or the fact that we might get shouted at, we might suffer physical abuse because of it. This time, I was keen to explore more with Kate what dating has been like as a trans woman. Later, Kate tells me what some of her deepest fears were when it came to finding love. I thought, that's it. I'm going to be alone forever now. That's that's me. Because trans people don't have successful relationships. It's going to be really hard to find a man or a woman who's going to be attracted to me as a trans woman. And discusses the role that her own self-confidence has played in her story. It's hard to be yourself sometimes, especially when the world around you doesn't want you to. But when you can and when you do, it's so empowering. But first, I was keen to pick up where we left off because Kate had emphasised the importance of just going for it at times in love and I was dying to know whether that attitude had served her well. And when you're just going for it, have you ever had any nightmare dates, any, you know, awful situations? It's always nice to hear because it just makes us all feel a little bit better about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I can remember having conversations where you just think, this is the best conversation ever. Oh, I love this person. Well, not not straight off saying you love this person, but you know. <laughs> you're thinking it. <laughs> and, you, and you're talking and you're just, I'm having a conversation and, and it even, sometimes it can just be even online and you're typing backwards and forwards. <laughs> you meet up with them and, yeah, for instance, I'm thinking along one particular date where there was somebody we were talking online for oh, about two, three weeks. And we finally got to meet each other and we we basically arranged to go out somewhere in Manchester, meet up. 
And probably within 10, 15 minutes of meeting each other face to face, our conversation went completely dead. We had so much to speak about (laughs) online. And yet in a face to face situation, it just fell flat. There was no reason why it should. I don't know. Maybe we were both anxious. Mm. The physical attraction, I was definitely attracted to this person physically and, you know, on that level, but it just went completely flat. And then you're in that situation and you're thinking, how do I get out of this situation? (laughs) And how did you get out of it? I think we just sat there with very awkward silences and I think we both just looked at each other at this one particular point and went, you know what? <laughs> and I, I just think we were just pretty honest with each other in that situation from when I remember. I think I just said, I think you're probably thinking the same thing as me right now, aren't you? And it's like, mm, yeah, probably. Should we just go back to chatting online? <laughs> yeah, I liked you better online. And literally that's what we did. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be put on a T-shirt. I liked you better oh. online. <laughs> oh, that is that is a good one. It's funny, and we had that conversation we left the bar that we were in. We had a, a walk around Manchester. And funnily enough, we started talking more at that point. Sometimes because it can be those expectations, can't it, I suppose. Maybe we'd built up expectations of each other too much in the online section. But we then you know, walked through the town. We had a good chat. When we were out of that situation, we were not in that bar anymore. We went our separate ways we didn't end up dating further from that. You know, we we sort of decided that. But we, we're we actually still in touch now and we're good friends. And it's it's funny, so I ended up with a friendship out of it, if nothing else. <laughs> oh, so sometimes putting something on the table, you know, and just saying, I think we both know where we stand here, that's the best thing to do. Yeah, it was a strange one. But I've been on a few dates where you turn up onto a date and you get there and you get to that point and you think... How do I get out of this situation? <laughs> I've also been dated as a trans person, and sometimes you can get really objectified. People might see me as a curiosity, so I might have spoken to them on the phone beforehand. We had, you know get on quite well, but when it gets to that date, sometimes I realise that they don't even see me as the person I identify as. You know, I've been misgendered by somebody on a date before now, which has hurt quite a lot. It would send a huge red flag to me instantly, you know, and and in that case where somebody doesn't sort of respect my identity, I would want to get out of that situation as soon as I possibly could. Mm, Of course. And you mentioned there being trans. How has that impacted your dating life? It's funny because I think I had my own expectations on how it would impact my dating life to begin with. I'd seen a lot of really negative stories about, you know, coming out as trans and what would happen around your dating life. So when I came out sort of for the second time as it was. I mean, that's a story in itself. But I've been in this relationship with the person I spoke to you about right at the beginning. <laughs> yes. Somebody I knew since I was a child. We'd been in a relationship for 12 years. At the start of the 12-year relationship, I'd been very open with her about who I was. I wasn't out as trans then, but I was out to her about it. And we went on with this relationship and she was always aware that it might be a point in my life that I might hit that point where I, I transitioned. And I did. And we carried on our relationship for a while. But due to other things within our relationship, we split. And at the time, I thought, that's it. I'm going to be alone forever now. Mm-hmm. That's that's me. Because trans people don't have successful relationships. It's going to be really hard to find a man or a woman who's going to be attracted to me as a trans woman. And I felt like that for a long, long while. 
and right until the point where completely out of the blue, as happens quite a lot with dating generally, this one person came into my life who just blew me right away, cisgender, lesbian, the type of person I thought would never be attracted to me in a million years, (laughs) somebody who I didn't think I would end up in a relationship with, just came like a whirlwind into my life, and I ended up in a three-year relationship with them. (laughs) I'd had other dates as well along the the way with people who were non-binary, other trans women had relationships with as well, trans guys, you know, non-trans people of, you know, male and female. But probably the type of relationships I found hard or people who I found it more challenging to have the relationships with were mostly cisgender men who tended to see me as this object almost. I felt so objectified in a lot of those relationships. They were extremely challenging. It's funny because I'm very physically attracted to guys, but generally as far as relationships go and romantic relationships tend to be with non-binary or female mm. people. I used to have very low self-esteem as well. Mm. And so, you know, I would probably in lots of cases think I was not good enough. So when you take that into a relationship, mm. it doesn't always provide a great space for a relationship to grow you know because I would find I would basically put myself down in a lot of situations you know Mm. I find it hard to accept compliments Mm -hmm. which is one thing I've got past now if somebody says something nice to me now even if I don't always 100% believe it I always thank that person because otherwise I'm throwing throwing something nice back in their face so the more I've been able to embrace who I am, the more confident I think I've got in relationships as well, which has been a good thing. Well, I can completely relate to everything you've said there about not being confident and worrying about yourself and not seeing yourself as anything and always trying to prove your worth and all of that kind of stuff. And that brings me on to this topic that I have struggled with a lot over the years, which is disclosure. And, you know, for me, disclosing my disability was always a fear of mine on a date. How has that been for you as a trans person? Because obviously at some point you're going to have to tell them and you're going to have to sort of have that conversation. What's that been like for you? Wow. Okay. So um, for me, the way I see myself in my brain, I see that anyone can see me as trans. I just think my transness comes across in every ounce of who I am. (laughs) In, In the way I write, in the way I talk about myself sometimes in the way I present myself, it just comes through. I'm a trans woman. I identify as a woman who is trans, I suppose, is what you could say. But I always assume people see my transness in one way or another, in whatever form that is, in how I express myself. You know, I'm a very online person, so... And I talk about it a lot. (laughs) So I sometimes don't even think I have to disclose it, Mm -hmm. which in some times... Not as much with relationships, but sometimes I've been in a a social situation where I've seen somebody suddenly just basically go really quiet. And then they said, did I just hear you right? Are you you transgender? And I said, yeah, didn't you know? And I've realised that (laughs) that person didn't know. And I've just basically outed myself in a certain situation (laughs) because it's just a huge part of who I am. There is some parts of that that I get really self-conscious about, though. If I can see myself getting into a relationship, 
trans people have all different types of bodies, you know, and you're thinking about physical bodies and when it comes to a physical relationship, how people might see me in that, because I see lots of things in the media about trans people and their bodies and, you know, uh, what types of bodies people are attracted to and body parts, etc. And it's getting to that point with some people <laughs> and talking about our bodies sometimes when I don't know maybe the type of person they're looking for in a, in a physical relationship. Mm-hmm. So I try and or I always approach that very early on and very upfront about it. Mm. And generally when I've done that and spoken to people about that, when I see a relationship developing, I said, look, this is me. This is who I am. This is where I am. Um, quite often the response I've had is, yeah, I mean, that's your business. Um, to be honest, whatever your bodily configuration is, <laughs> probably a way I could put it, makes no difference to me, is what I've had as the reply most of the time. Mm. Some people have said, well, you know, I'm not quite into that, to be honest. I might feel an initial little pang of, oh, it's a shame. Mm. But if that is the case, then that's the case, you know the relationship might not go there because they might be looking for somebody of a certain type. So that's fine as well. You know, it's not something for me to get offended about. It's just what their personal attraction is and the type of people they are attracted to, as it would be, you know, for me of certain ways, you know, that I might be looking for a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. Our personal uh, choices are really important and should always be respected. You know, it's so fascinating listening to you talk about that because in my mind, that's such a confident place in you talking earlier about the fact that you know you can be sort of anxious and self-conscious and all of that sort of stuff but this this is real you know you've really got to kind of be able to stand behind yourself to say this is who I am take it or leave it I did struggle with it for a long time I have to be honest I was very conflicted I was trying to figure out where I sat with it and a friend actually wrote a really good book somebody called Juno Roche who wrote this I think the book was called Queer Sex and it was a really good book about trans people in different relationships a lot of it really hit home and they'd asked me to speak at one of their book events about myself and the way I saw myself with my sexuality and I I have a queer body is what the way I I approached it it's like there's lots of different ways that for a trans person who's gone through various different types of medical procedures how that has been part of my life and how even then my body might be different to this woman or that woman or or, because we're all different you know we all have a whole different range of, of body types and I thought yeah I'm a trans person I have a queer body and I'm attracted to people with lots of different types of queer body types as well you know and I love the diversity in who we are it was a light bulb moment that I really embraced and that I continue to embrace you know I just love the diversity of our whole human race, I suppose. (laughs) This point was so relatable to me, even as somebody who has no experience of being transgender. I mean, how often do we all compare our bodies to others and find ourselves falling impossibly short? In fact, perhaps this is one thing that dating can make us only too painfully aware of. It was invaluable to follow Kate's journey, and I was intrigued to find out more on a broader scale. So I decided to do some investigating and found out some insightful facts about transsexuality. A UK survey found that 41% of transgender people have experienced a hate crime or incident because of their gender identity. 
25% have experienced homelessness at some point in their lives. 67% say that they avoided being open about their gender identity for fear of a negative reaction. That's terrible. And lastly, the Metro Youth Chances report found that two in five transgender young people aged 16 to 25 realised that they were trans when they were just 11 or under. The good news is that one major difference today is that there are more openly trans people, meaning that young people and children realise that they aren't alone in their feelings. And you know what? That's one of the biggest reasons for this podcast, because you best believe it, there is always somebody who has felt just like you. appreciated Kate's honesty about the ups and downs of dating, courage and confidence as walked in her shoes. As I listened to her, it reminded me that none of us should be particularly shocked by the roadblocks we hit along the way, because although we may all be on different paths, in one way or another we'll all come up against them. Just as we start to allow our confidence to cruise, something might suddenly come at us from the opposite direction which sends us spinning out of control. This, of course, is when our strength and resilience gets put to the test, but also where we're given the opportunity to try a new road, one which might lead us somewhere more beautiful than we've ever been before. However, taking that leap of faith can undoubtedly be difficult, so I decided to ask Kate for some sage words of wisdom which might help get you started. If somebody isn't feeling that confidence at the moment and they're kind of going through their journey and they're identifying with a lot of what you're saying and thinking, I think that perhaps I'm pansexual or or I have a different sexual orientation to what I thought I had. What advice would you give to them in those early phases of thinking, "Mm, maybe I'm, you know, not what I always thought I was? Don't try and fit into other people's expectations. Just take your own time take a breath it's that thing again figure out the things that are important to you don't dilute who you are for the sake of other people because if you're diluting who you are you're not being 100 percent about who you are and if you're not putting out there 100 percent of you then you're not going to get that 100 percent back i think in any relationship that you're ever in i think every relationship i've been in I'm always attracted to people who are 100% completely, to use a phrase, cut the crap. I like people who are very straightforward in how they express themselves, who are very honest with each other, honest to the point where, you know, that honesty can sometimes hurt. But I would appreciate honesty more than somebody trying to look after my feelings rather than being honest with me. Mm. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I, I really love blunt honesty. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's something I'm attracted to in a way. All my best friends are people who are really bluntly honest with me. So again, I think if there's something about somebody who you're not really attracted to, be kind to them. Always be kind to others, but really be honest with others. Don't get into a relationship for the sake of wanting to get into a relationship. Mm-hmm get into the relationship that's the right one for you every time don't water yourself down 
Well, what strikes me when listening to your story, and it's a wonderful thing, is that it feels like your sexuality almost has come full circle. It sounds like right at the start, it kind of maybe made you doubt yourself and and kind of affect your confidence in a negative way. But now these days, it feels like almost maybe it's made it better, would you say? Oh, without a doubt, but it's a journey. And I think that will continue and things will change because I've still got the rest of my life to go through and our lives are such a fluid thing. You know, you really do not know what is coming next. So for all I know, five years down the line, I completely decide something else and I've decided I'm attracted to a certain type of person and that's the only type of person I'm going to look for at a particular type in my life. Then I might wake up one more day and it might change again. I just don't know. People come along. We figure it out. (laughs) But how wonderful to have that freedom and to give yourself that permission to say, you know what, I don't have to choose for the rest of my life. I can change whenever I want. Yeah, you know what? Labels are a thing, aren't they? I mean, I'm using pansexual as a label, but it's funny. When when I was going through all my transition and basically, you know, having medical support, talking to, oh, a psychologist at the time, and I remember one in particular, (laughs) They ask you all these questions, you know, to help you get the right support. And they say, so what type of people are you attracted to? And I remember shrugging my shoulders, laughing and just saying, oh, people, you know, there's people of lots of different. And he actually wrote that on his notes because <laughs> <laughs> I got a copy of the psychologist's report and said, Kate says she's attracted to people. <laughs> and that made me laugh. And I thought, yeah, you've pretty much got that right. <laughs> And you mentioned earlier the misconceptions that some people have around, you know, either pansexuality, transgender. Are there any of those that you would like to call out and put them right? There's lots of misconceptions about trans people in the media at the moment. It's a horrendous time for it right now. Trans people are people like anyone else. We have the same (laughs) hopes, dreams, ambitions, loves, things we want to do. We just want to get on with our lives and experience love in the same way that everybody deserves to you know experience love every last one of us love attraction just let people be people don't judge them for who they are Mm. let them get on with it (laughs) we all come with something but at the end of the day what we all have in common is we all are just people we all deserve to be loved yeah absolutely (laughs) this brings me on to what can we do to help these misconceptions i mean you mentioned earlier about representation and how you know there isn't enough of it what do you think needs to be done to change that we should never be afraid to talk about it. Quite often people still talk about words like lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender in hushed tones or make jokes around it. Mm. It's not something we should make jokes around it. But we should always step up for people maybe from that community. If you hear somebody making unkind remarks sometimes, you know, just sometimes call it out. And it doesn't have to be on a confrontational level. It can be, you know, just saying, why do you say that? Or asking somebody about why they might express something in that way, you know. It's standing up for others, I think, celebrating the fact that we are diverse. Every single person deserves to live a life where they're able to comfortably be themselves, and we also need to support others in doing that as well. So it's about supporting each other, celebrating each other. I go on about this a lot, but I can't go on about it enough. <laughs> Is it just about that support? Is there anything else we can do? Give them your ear. Sit there, listen to them. If they need help, sit there and help them find somewhere online that puts to a group locally that might give them a little bit of peer support because if they feel really alone. Loneliness and isolation is a big part sometimes with those communities, especially if you live in a rural area as well. 
sometimes just an ear is so important, but also helping to signpost to different organisations. And if you're somebody who is from those communities as well, do go online, do look around. There's lots of organisations wherever you are in the world who will step up and support in that way. You don't have to be alone. Mm, Such an important point. I'm always a big believer that we can learn something, you know, from everything, whether it goes wrong, whether it goes right. What have you learned from some of your relationships besides just the fact that, you know, sometimes 20 years down the line, you might rekindle and, and start up a relationship you started when you met at a school disco? Never apologise for who you are. Absolute <laughs> number one. Always, if you possibly can, be yourself because everyone else is taken. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, it might be cheesy, stereotypical types quote that millions of people use, but it's so true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's hard to be yourself sometimes, especially when the world around you doesn't want you to sometimes. <laughs> but it, when you can and when you do, it's so empowering. There has been nothing else in my life that has been so, so self-empowering as being able to stand up and say, yeah, this is me. I'm not going to apologise for it. And sometimes, you know, people find that really sexy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. That is, isn't it? And that is the ultimate. And I think that's always the shining light that we're all kind of trying to aim for is just how comfortable can I be at just being me and not feeling like I have to put on some kind of front? Absolutely. And confidence is something I'm massively attracted to in people when I'm just thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, I think confidence is top of the list on sexiness on most people's sexiness list. So (laughs) just finally, Kate, I just want to ask you, what has your journey with sexuality taught you about yourself and about dating right from the start? You know, you've had this amazing kind of story with all different emotions that you've been through and different experiences. What have you learned from all of that? Wow, I could just talk on and on about this. <laughs> At the core of it, I'm just really sort of happy in who I, you know, I've grown to accept who I am. I got to the point where I stopped probably trying to fit into those expectations of what other people thought of me. And I did that for a long time. And you know what? Even now, I might be in certain situations where I find myself drifting into that, where I think, Oh, I really like this person. Oh, am I going to start changing myself for them? It's like, no. (laughs) Um, It's catching yourself doing it. It's a hard thing. Probably as well, I would say that never be afraid to learn more about yourself or to surprise yourself. Mm. Over the weekend, I've just been working a Pride event. I've probably learned more things over that weekend from other people as well and about their attractions and their sexuality and when we've had conversations I've heard other people's stories and it's relatable to myself so probably a lot of where I am now is from learning about other people's experiences too that's probably a big part of being able to find my own confidence and be true to myself the more you learn about others the more you learn about yourself yeah Brilliant. Well, we have covered so much ground and such beautiful answers you have given me. I have absolutely loved it. Was there anything that you wanted to add that I haven't asked you or you just haven't had the chance to say about this topic at all? No, I don't think so. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, actually. Oh, like I don't said, have to sound um, so surprised, Kate. 
<laughs> no, because, um, you know, I was hoping I'd be a little bit more prepared because it's been such a busy weekend. Like I say, the last two days, I was working these 18-hour days at a Pride event, and it was just beautiful to see so many beautiful people of so many diverse types in, in that event. It always gives me a lot to think about. Find your space, I suppose. Find a space where you feel comfortable to be yourself is, like, number one thing. And then we see where we go from there. No preparation needed at all, Kate. You're a natural, right? (laughs) Is there a place that, you know, we can learn more online? We could find out more about you or more about your work. Where can I direct people to? Oh, right. Okay. I'm all over Twitter this weekend. Anyway, if you look for at Katie Lou Chaos on Twitter, that's chaos with a K in it. K-A-T-I-E-L-O-U-K-H-A-O-S. You will find my general ramblings about LGBT inclusion, about Pride events, about all things along those lines on there. There's quite a lot of there floating around because I've just been named as third most influential LGBT person within Wales, apparently, for this year. (laughs) In Wales online. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Katie Chaos, we love it. Yeah, Katie by name, Chaos by nature. Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) That's brilliant. I love it. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kate. It has been an absolute joy. And I just love that even when we talk about feeling completely alien and completely isolated through our experiences, there's been just so much, I've said it throughout the whole show, that I found completely relatable, you know, and so I think our underlying issues are all, you know, very similar, especially when it comes to confidence and all of that kind of stuff. And to be honest, because I know you like a bit of brutal honesty, you have just been absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much for all the wisdom and advice and experiences that you've shared with us. Thank you so much, Fern. Thanks for inviting us on. It's been great. I've got to say it, I could not help but sit there absolutely beaming as I listened to the passion, positivity and pride ringing through Kate's voice as she spoke. The way she emphasised the gift and opportunity in learning more about who you are every day and embracing each experience as a way of enriching your understanding about the world was something I would not soon forget. As always, I want to hear from you. What do you think is the best way of learning more about who you are and what you want in love? And where do you feel safest to express yourself fully? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my magnificent guest, Kate Hutchinson, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Josh Holland for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback.ami.ca and if you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. And the back catalogue is always right there waiting for you if you miss me in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs>